1: NY or text hope NY in New York.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Wolfpacker Show. You're getting two of them this week, so that's exciting development. I'm Matt Carter. We'll be joined here shortly by um, Ethan McDowell. We're going to talk a lot of NC State football recruiting because it has been really active. I've kind of been as bad as active as I can remember it for a spring for NC State football recruiting. So we got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to really rush through these housekeeping options right real quick and try to get them in under two minutes. Uh, a new deal come out. So listen, it's been crazy with all these football recruits coming to visit. There are two basketball transfers in Raleigh on, as we are recording this Thursday, April 6th. There's another decision in basketball on the transfer portal coming Sunday. You got spring game coverage. Silly season basketball camp season coming up real soon in football. And right now, you can get a, a all of uh, four months uh, premium information for just 10 bucks. That's a new deal announced by ON3. So take it if you haven't already joined the website, take it because there's gonna be a lot of updates and a lot of stuff coming. Over the next four months. This is kind of when recruiting really the height of the recruiting calendar year almost now, uh, when it crosses over both basketball and football like this. So take advantage of that. We'll be promoting that deal as well on Twitter. Uh, so that's a good chance for me to remind you to follow us on Twitter at The Wolfpacker. You can follow us on YouTube at The Wolfpacker. Please help us there, follow us, and get us over 2,000 followers. We're also on Facebook, The Wolfpacker. So you can catch catch the theme of all of that. You can also uh, rate and review these podcasts wherever you listen to them, Spotify, Google Apple, wherever, get them. Um, Leave some comments on YouTube, that helps us out as well. And then last but not least, please check out our sponsor, Rogueshop.com, R-O-G as in girl, U-E-S-H-I-P, S-H-O-P, I'm sorry, I don't know how to spell, R O G U e s h o p dot They have all your natural cannabis needs and wants and products. Uh, completely legal, completely safe. Can help you if you have uh, anxiety issues, maybe some chronic pain issues, or you're suffering from sleep deprivation. And you have tried uh, other other items, other procedures, or whatever to help out, and, and they're just not working. Why not give these a try? These are a small company husband and wife outfit. Uh, the husband's a former disabled veteran who uses these products to help deal with some of the issues he had, and it has really helped him out. And so he, he's a firm believer in what he's selling and they're a firm believer in, 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 in delivering to the customer. They're on our message board if you have questions. They are also uh, have a live chat feature on their website. Where a real actual live human being—it's not an AI on the other side of it, you know—answering your questions. So, um, give them a give them a check out. They're big supporters at the We really appreciate them. So, give them a check. All right, got all that out of there, Ethan McDowell. You have been—I feel like I've, every time I turn around, you're talking to some football recruit <laughs> um, or checking with sources. It has been like a revolving door this spring of of visit days, big visit days. We're going to hit on some of the highlights, but first, not sure we had a podcast dedicated to football recruiting since Shining Day. And I wanted to catch up on the four commitments because NC State did get one this week from a player that you and I both saw live in action. Mm -hmm. Um, Charlotte Providence Day School, Safety, Brody Bonhart. He's the most recent, and then we'll work our way back. Um, you're impressive. You covered Brody Barnhart's recruitment. This is a young man who was a legitimate, conscientious Power Five prospect. I have always rated them into the four different categories in my career. If you're a conscientious uh, Power Five prospect, that means you could take all five of your official visits to a Power Five program. Uh, and definitely, Barnhart fit the mold. If you're a, F, a fringe power five, that means you kind of got maybe two or three power five offers and some mid major offers. If you're a mid major, that means all your offers are mid majors unless you have one power five. Um, and then I still call you a mid major at that point. And then you, ha- you have what I call the evals or the guys or early commits guys who only offer what the school they pick. Um, uh, You've seen Brody Barnhart and him. You've talked to him quite a bit. What's your impression of Brody and the pickup for NC State?
3: So he picked up an offer from NC State last June. I saw him for the first time in person um, about a month later at one of Providence Day's practices. And um, it was pretty limited practice. It was early in their um, summer training. But I sat down with um, the head coach at Providence Day, Chad Greer, and talked to him. And he was just effusive in his praise of Barnhart. And it um, made me excited because it's a – It just sounded like someone who would be a perfect fit at NC State. Um, Just in the way, the physicality he plays with, the willingness to hit. And he's got legit speed too. Uh, I was sitting in that room talking to him about it. I was like, man, why doesn't this dude have 30-something offers? And then as soon as that happened, Started to snowball a little bit, started to pick up more interest, um, became a guy um, UNC was really going after, became a guy that um, Wisconsin got involved with at one point, West Virginia, Virginia Tech both really wanted him. But, um, shoot, NC State crushed his recruitment. They they prioritized him early. They were consistent. That's something that um, was a big part of it. They they were just consistent, um, whether it was um, everyone from cornerbacks, coach Brian Mitchell, to – Joe DeForce was his primary recruiter, Tony Gibson, and even Dave Dorn were just all involved, all happy to um, reach out and you know, frequently be in contact with him. And that got NC State into his final group. And then I mean, when we saw him live, I mean that Providence Day squad is stacked. Mm-hmm. There's four and five star recruits up and down that roster. But um the game we saw him, Brody was probably like the second or third best player we saw if not even higher on that list, he was outstanding in that game on both sides of the ball and special teams. I think he had a punt return for a touchdown that game, in addition to um, playing a little bit of receiver and then delivering a few um, really hard hits um, out of the safety position. So I was super high on him. I was waiting for some other schools to come in, maybe expand his offer list, and that kind of happened with Wisconsin. But um, again, NC State was consistent. Um, and I kind of went in more in depth on what separated NC state from his decision on the wolfpacker.com. If you guys want to check out my full interview with Brody there, but, um, I'm a huge fan of his. I think he was a, um, top, top priority for this staff, um, during the 24 cycle. And, um, it's great to get him in the class early.
2: And you're right, he does return. I think, they, to me, the athleticism and the physicality is what stand out. He's not the biggest safety in the world, but we've seen over the years from NC State, they don't need the biggest safeties in the world to be successful. Uh, if you were to talk about the most successful safeties at NC State under Dave Doran, I think the guys that would come to mind are Sam Boone and Tanner Engel. Uh, they were both 5'10", 5'11". In that range, uh, Engel may have been even shorter than that. Barnhart's probably 5'11", 170 is what they have him listed at, at least, in the ON3 database. But he's an excellent kick returner. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. So you know he's got athleticism. Uh, because the reason I say that is Providence Day has athletes all over the field. Uh, they got two two receivers who are going to be playing in a Power 5 conference and can really pick their school if they wanted to. I mean, they couldn't pick any school they want, but they would have their choice. Just about. Yeah, just as close as you could. And Barnhart's the guy they chose to have return and punch and kickoff. And his return numbers Mm -hmm. are very impressive. Um, Let's work our way back, because there's another young man you've actually seen in person. You're probably the only one on the beat that has seen him in person at least, you know, in some kind of competitive setting, not in the game setting, but you went and saw him in a seven-on-seven. That's Asad Brown, who from the Tidewater region in Virginia. He's going to be playing at a new school, I believe, up in northern Virginia Mm -hmm. for for his senior senior season next year. But, you know, that was kind of one you telegraphed. You know, he came and visited early in the spring, and from that moment on, you remember at the Wolfpack of that Crime, you were kind of hyping up entry state chances with the side as they really seemed to surge at that point with him. Uh, he did another one I, I put on my commitment analysis for, for him. You have to go to page two on his database page to get all his offers. Um, a, a huge offer list. Uh, you're in you saw him in person, you've had a chance to talk to him a few times. I know you've talked to some other people that have coached him and know him. You're impressed, the he's a corner, for those who don't know. Although he may be recruited as a nickel at NC State. He'll be
3: playing nickel at yeah. NC State.
2: Yeah. What, what's your impression having seen him in person?
3: I was impressed with him in person. You know, um, for those of you who don't know, before this, I used to cover recruiting in Virginia around the time he was a um, freshman um, coming into um Oscar Smith High School, which is a powerhouse in the state of Virginia. And um, at the time, there were a bunch of – I kept getting told like, Hey, this, this is sod Brown kid. Like he's the next big guy coming out of the tidewater region. And sure enough, that happened. He blew up his, um, sophomore and junior year, got offers from Clemson, Florida state, Michigan, pretty much every big program you can think of. And, um, again, this is another one where, um, NC state's kind of consistency kind of won out here, but once he committed, I was able to go up and see him compete in a seven on seven tournament and, um, one thing I was pleasantly surprised by is um he's a big defensive back. He's not necessarily the tallest one, but he's legit 6'6" or taller in my opinion. Right. And um he's big guy, he's not um he he's got he's muscular. He looks like he's a college ready defensive back to be honest. And um that makes sense considering he trains with some of the best trainers out in Virginia Beach. He played for a powerhouse in Oscar Smith that um routinely has power five, um, four or five star recruits. And, um, he was played really aggressive, like on the ball, which is really impressive press coverage is I think the main thing I was impressed by. And then, um, the few opportunities that he was able to drop into zone coverage and then his side of the field got targeted, his closing speed also really impressed me. So there's a solid combination of size and speed that, um, I think, and physicality that is, I think is exactly what you want. And, um, a nickel position at NC state. So, and um, the right mentality too, you can tell he has a chip on his shoulder and um, he wants to prove something. And uh, I always like defensive backs, especially who, who come in with that type of mindset. You
2: have to have a swagger if you want to play defensive back at the power five level, because there's no, you're going to be beat. Every defensive back at the power five level gets beat at some point, pretty much every game. You have to have that swag in it to shake that off and believe, right. you got me this time, but I'm going to get to you the next time or the time after that. So
3: kind of going off of that, yeah, um, I saw him play three seven-on-seven games. They're about half an hour each, so I'd say probably four or five series um, per game for Assad. And I only saw him get beat twice. I <laughs> mean, um, one of them was because he tripped. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, the next play – he was right back in on it, and it clearly didn't phase him. He wasn't getting too high or too low. He had a couple nice defended passes. Um, he had an interception, and he was very, like, even-keeled. And um, I, I really liked that, too. Um, just kind of just going out there and handling his business and just overall impressive day from him.
2: Let's talk about the uh, – you know, the quarterback is always going to be kind of a headliner in every recruiting class. They found their quarterback. I think that one of the questions is who would be the quarterback after Robert and I comes in because you know, Tim Beck had his recruiting board and it was kind of narrowed down to a few names. Um, then Robert and I comes in you start seeing some, uh, some offers come out. Uh, I almost feel like when uh, Cedric Bailey Jr. From powerhouse, Chaminade Madonna prep down in, in South Florida kind of in the Fort Lauderdale area. It kind of quickly developed, I almost feel like. I, mean, I, you know, I honestly would look – I forget his name. Ethan will, will, will probably remember it in a second. But the young man in, in, the, in Alabama.
3: Jared Hollins?
2: Yeah. I was kind of thinking that might be the guy for entry stage. They jumped on him early. hadn't quite yet amped up his recruitment. Uh, but they made it work with Cedric Bailey real quick. Uh, he had a, some pretty good offers. Florida State, Texas A&M really stand out on his offer list. He's from um, on three, director of scouting, Charles Power. Told me he's a legit 6'6". So that's not an exaggeration in the database when you see him at 6'6". He's won a couple of state titles with Chaminade, Madonna. Uh, you know, you're impressed in pulling that out. I mean, we haven't seen him play. The film looks great, obviously. he got some pretty good receivers he's thrown to, so you don't know how much that influenced how he looks. But to me, it's very impressive that NC State went down to South Florida and got one of the bet, uh, better quarterbacks who had some pretty good power five offers on the table.
3: Yeah, so when you're looking at quarterback recruiting, right, you have to comp- – evaluated in a completely different way because the cycle is almost completely shifted like moved um it's moved up by almost like three months i would say where these quarterback recruitments move fast and um i'd say considering nc state lost their quarterbacks coach completely redid their board basically this was maybe the best case scenario you bring in a high three three star like borderline four star quarterback and um who has awesome offers and he plays for yeah one of the I think their high school team went to the national championship this year, or was at least like right there for it. So um, I'm a huge fan of his just, um, I haven't been able to see him play live obviously, but his highlights are impressive. The size is impressive. He plays for um, maybe the best um, seven on seven team in the country too. So um, he has, you know, the connection and he's trained with a ton of like the best receivers and um in Florida, other he played on the same seven-on-seven seven team as NC State signee um, Damon Fagan, actually. Um, so that's a it's a stacked roster over there, and um, you know, one thing that um, I've discussed in depth on the website Wolfpacker.com um, for all of you who haven't read it, but his prestige as a highly ranked quarterback playing for a highly ranked program that carries weight with other members of the class. And having a quarterback who's excited to recruit, you can tell I already know he's reached out to a couple key prospects, um, which I have also shared on the site. Um, And I think his recruit, his commitment could be massive. I think it could. I think it significantly raised the ceiling of the 2024 recruiting class for NC State.
2: Yep, yeah, and we've already, and you know what? That's important. We're not going to spill the beans too much, but look, there's no secret. NC State needs wide receivers in this class. It, it also happened to time up extremely well because this is an exceptional group of mm-hmm. wide receivers in the state of North Carolina. There are also some wide receivers who used to, they one in particular that used to live in the state of North Carolina that. Uh, It's a top target for NC State. And if you go to the Wolfpacker.com, there is a story on this young man um, right now. And I think the quote is, give me a second. From the headline, it's definitely a top five school for NC State. NC State is definitely a top five school for this young man. Um, And so you have a quarterback with your credentials and the apparent as you mentioned a few times, he, he, he apparently had the charisma and that that leadership, uh, that draw uh, that people who meet him want to play with him and want to play uh, for him. Um, and NC State's only signed a couple of high school receivers in the last two classes. You had Terrell Timmons in the class of, of 22, you had Kevin Concepcion and maybe. Uh, Javante Vereen, who I guess he's now going by Ju- uh, Juice Vereen, um in the class of 22, at uh, 23, excuse me, Vereen could be a tight end as well. So I think NC State probably needs about three receivers in the class, minimum. And that's where getting a guy like Bailey, I think, to your point, could really help out because that's a priority position for NC State.
3: Absolutely. And um those receivers, I mean, like you said, it's the best receiver year in um, North Carolina since I don't even know when. I think um, it's like five or six of the top 20 are wide receivers this year. NC State's involved in, in the recruitments of like four or five of them. So it's it's going to be exciting. We're going to see how that um, class pans out.
2: Real quick, we can't forget the young man who was first to get the ball rolling. And that was way back in October last year, Cannon Lewis. You know, the audio, he's the one that, you know, Bailey had is a contentious Power Five kid. Certainly, side Brown is, Brody Barnhart is. Cannon Lewis is an eval guy, right? He's the guy that went to camp from the state of West Virginia, Hunt, Huntington, West Virginia, Tony Gibson's old stomping ground. Tony Gibson loved him at camp. I think the film looks really good. Uh, West Virginia is not traditionally a, a must stop for recruiters you really got to have a connection to that state to really be going into that state to recruit. But I just have a sneaky feeling Cannon Lewis is going to be one of those guys we're going to look back on and say, man, entry state was pretty smart to go after him.
3: I mean, first of all, I mean, at this point, any linebacker that Tony Gibson evaluates (laughs) and and likes, you kind of have to give the benefit of the doubt at this point, especially so early. Um, Cannon Lewis picked up that camp offer, and uh, he came back – once, I believe, after that for um, the Alpha Wolf showcase. I don't think – I can't remember if he made it up to a game day before committing or not. But um, either way, he had seen enough. He shut things down. And um, NC State was his only Power 5 offer at that point in time. But um, I can say for certain that there were other schools involved. I know um, Kentucky and Cincinnati were both talking to him. And so he would have had more offers down the road. And um, it was – great for nc state to kind of wrap his recruitment up quickly he's a guy that's really versatile can play a few different positions and um yeah and he's someone that with those early commits you always want to kind of keep an eye out on him see um because especially in these days like flips are happening more often than ever and the conversations i've had with cannon as long as tony gibson is in raleigh i think cannon will be as well i think his commitment is entirely solid and um yeah,
2: he's um, very enthusiastic about joining the pack. Let's, um, let's get into some of these uncommitted players. Um, big picture-wise, we're going to get in more specific here shortly. Uh, we're not going to try to give away too much because we want you to subscribe to our website. So we're not giving you away all our information, hope people understand. But we're going to give away some good stuff here. But big picture-wise, how impressed are you with where NC State? Currently, they're 34th nationally with only four commits, should be noted. Uh, based on what NC State has already gotten, the feedback you have gotten from the kids, what NC has been able to bring in for visit standpoints, mm-hmm. feedback you've gotten from those, and the way the board is shaken out, how do you feel about where NC State sits right now in the class of 2024? Understanding that recruiting is exceptionally fluid And how you look on April 6th, is not how you're going to look on July 30th?
3: So you're right. It's it's incredibly fluid. And um, to that point, when we came out of the February dead period, I thought things were pretty up in the air. There were only a couple guys where I was like, I could see them joining the class in the spring. I saw a future where it was potential that NC State only went into um, the summer with like three commits. And, um, man, I think they've just crushed it. The past couple months, they've gotten their guys on campus um, two or three times. A guy like, um, you know, like an Alex Taylor who originally went through part of the spring. He didn't really have an NC State visit planned. Suddenly he's on campus for a weekday visit. Um, He might be returning some point soon. You can go check out the Wolfpacker.com for more info on that. Um, the receivers are all coming through. Um, I'll go ahead here. Here, here's an insider nugget. Um, Jordan Ship's going to be on campus this weekend for two days. Um, that's huge, especially with the momentum that um, his teammate Brody Barnhart just made by committing, and um, that kind of offsets the other momentum with um, his teammate Jaden Davis, who just committed to Michigan, who's also a major contender in Jordan Ship's recruitment. And man, I mean, just. You need to add a couple receivers, and they're doing everything they can. They made a big move with one of their receiver targets over the weekend and um, to the point where I consider NC State the favorite there. Um, To find out who that is, go check out the website. I'm not going to spoil that. But um, really exciting stuff there. Um, Offensive line, we're starting to learn a little bit more. Um, Robbie Martin just visited. He's tweeted out that he plans on returning for an official visit. Um, He's another West Virginia guy. Yeah. Um, which is funny if you go look at the rankings on um, NC state could pull in the number one and two guy from West Virginia this year, if um, Robbie joined the class and yeah, it's, it's all coming together quite nicely. Um, this spring game, there's what four or five, four star recruits coming by. Um, a couple commits will be there and um, could be another really, really big weekend in Raleigh.
2: Yeah. unfortunately, You, you kind of, Weather forecast has not been cooperating. It seems like each, yeah. each version of the forecast you kind of of all weekend. you got so much going on this weekend, you know. I'm looking at it now. They're calling for over an inch of rain on Saturday. And the percentage of rain at 1 p.m., according to WeatherUnderground.com, is um, a robust 95% chance. Mm. So. That's basically their way of saying, we can't say it's 100% because nothing's 100% in weather, but this is as close as we're going to get to heavy rain. It'll so really be interesting to see how what impact that had. Did that dampen the mood a little bit from the digits? You know, they got, they got a lot to show and a lot to do.
3: I, I will say that um, I do know, I was talking to um, folks from the Pack of Wolves Collective yesterday, and um, I know there's going to be, they're opening up the uh, Close King indoor practice facility for tailgates um so if nothing else maybe the recruits will be able to hang out in there um yeah Yeah. if nothing else yeah
2: um what position group i'm gonna throw my mind out there and then i want you up and you can tell me if i'm an idiot or if i'm on track and if i'm on track that'll be one of the few times i'm not called an idiot in my life but the position group I feel like has really come together from start to now, to, from start to present day, is the defensive backs. And I mm-hmm. think you already got Ashad Brown, a guy who probably had 20 power five offers, if not more. You just picked up Brody Barnhart, who's been your, one of your top safety targets since before his junior season, and who had probably about 10 power five offers a major target for North Carolina, your chief and state rival, uh, Wisconsin. I know Virginia Tech was heavily in there in there as well. And at uh, one point, West Virginia was one of his top schools. Uh, and then you probably got, you know, we, we do a who's next to commit after every commitment. And I think two of the five that we list were defensive backs and, they, and then you got other guys. You got uh, you got guys like that are not on that who's not to commit. But you could easily see NC State being in a good position with, like maybe the, the safety from Charlotte Independent, Quentin Redis. Uh You got Adrian Wilson's son, former Pack legend Adrian Wilson, turned NFL All Star, Pro Bowler Adrian Wilson, uh, who is now moving from Arizona to Charlotte. I think he took a job with the Carolina Panthers. His son, Santana Wilson, is a high-level defensive back recruit. And none of those guys on that list of five. I talked about who's next to commit. So right off the bat, you got at least five defensive backs that you feel like NC State's in a good spot with. All of them well-regarded. All of them with healthy, healthy offer list. And they already got two players committed who also were well-regarded with healthy off list. Am I right to think that that defensive back recruiting board had been the, so far the best developed
3: for the work Pack? Absolutely. And it's kind of becoming a trend almost because last year you saw them bring in a stacked defensive back class where you had four-star guys and um Brandon Cisse and Damon Fagan and borderline um four-star guy like Zach Myers too. So I think it's just a very, very positive trend right now for that. And um, you have three defensive back coaches and Joe DeForest, Brian Mitchell, and um, Freddie Autry-Lindsey, who just um, clearly enjoy like putting in the work on the recruiting trail and building those, um, those relationships. And it's turning into commits, and it's turning into some of the best guys in the country, strongly considering NC State. And, um, yeah, you get guys like Asad Brown – in early, you get Brody Barnhart in early. And then like this weekend, you bring in Santana Wilson, who um he hasn't even visited campus yet. But um I, I know for a fact that NC State is a strong contender in his recruitment. And um <clears throat> his father has spoken really highly of um NC State to him from everything that um I've heard from Santana. So it's very encouraging right now. And um I don't think we haven't even inch- um, mentioned I don't believe Andre Evans who um yeah. in, NC State might be in the best spot out of um any of the uncommitted defensive backs so back really looking Devon forward Bailey. to uh, Javon Bailey. Bailey too he visited yeah. this week um I actually just posted some intel on how that visit went I heard from a few sources about about that so um go check out the Wolvesden message board for the latest on him but um Yeah, it could could be another special defensive back class. And um, while the ratings for Barnhart and um, Brown might not jump off the page right now, I will also encourage the fact that it's it's April. Long way. Those (laughs) rankings can change quite a bit. Um, So don't get too hung up on the um, rankings right now. Um, Use it more. It's just a guiding tool. And then also look at those offer lists because, man, the offer list for the – a guy like Chavon Bailey, who I I, think, I believe is rated in eighty-five by On Three, but um, again, he's another guy. It's um, it's a uh, Florida State, Miami, like all sorts of great offers. So I believe very, very, a, very promising.
2: I believe he had an official visit lined up with Miami, right? Or do I am I confused? No, that's not the offensive lineman, uh, Derek, Derek. Well, wow.
3: I heard today actually that. He's in the process of um, lining up other official visits, and he has previously told me that Miami will be a school that will receive an official visit, along with Florida State. But his only official visit lo- locked in right now is with the Wolfpack.
2: Dr. Um Jameer Grimsley from right. Tampa took a visit to in-state. We wrote about him this week, so I mean that's I mean, he's a, a high-level three-star. Um, safety was a very impressive offer list. I know Penn State, one of the schools that seems to be prioritizing him. Mm -hmm. We didn't even mention him. That just shows you how good the DB board looks right now. Uh, Real quick, Santana Wilson, Adrian Wilson's son, uh, the on three industry rankings, which kind of combines all four of the major service rankings, has him at number 253 in the country. So you're talking about a borderline top 250 prospect um, and the number 21 corner in the country,
3: and on three has him number 90 in the country and the number 10 corner in the in the nation, too. Yeah. So, yeah, on threes are really high on this kid.
2: Um, I feel like we, we talked about wide receiver board pretty healthy. I feel like, um, there's just a lot of competition on that wide receiver board, and we're, mm-hmm. you know, I think probably got to be a little patient to see how it plays out. Uh, but what position group would you say on the other end of the spectrum? Uh, this is a position group where uh, I'm curious to see where it's going to go from now to, say, end of summer. Like last year, for instance, I would say the linebacker was a good good group to put that in. Because, Definitely. Uh, other than Stan Clark during the middle of the summer, it wasn't clear who they were going to target at linebacker. And then when Stan Quan Clark picked – Louisville did he end up signing with Louisville I can't remember he did okay I remember he, he, he floated with flipping. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we didn't know where the NC State was going to go at linebacker at the end of the summer and then they went out offered some players including Kelvin McBride and Kamal Bonner who both ended up signing with NC State and then Rohan Davey an old target who picked Cincinnati and then coach coaching change with the Bearcats he flipped to NC State so what position group would you say is kind of like that right now where you're really curious to see how is this group going to how is this position board going to unfold over the next couple
3: months For me it's very clearly the defensive line um there's they've have some top targets but other than that um there's a lot of question marks and um I was asking around about it pretty recently and I was um I was told by a source that um keep an eye out for that board to expand during the um upcoming evaluation period. Um I think we could kind of see it kind of get retooled. They just offered um a defensive lineman his um his name's escaping me right now but he was committed to Wake Forest decommitted earlier this week and got a ton of offers including NC State. From uh, um, Georgia right um yes
2: you you talk and I'll pull him up JT Terrell from Rome Georgia.
3: Yeah so he's um He's a good player He's another Georgia guy. NC state's doing a great job recruiting Georgia so far this cycle. So um, we'll see maybe if that turns into, um, into a, um, if there's anything there going forward, but, um, <clears throat> there's the top guy at that board is probably um, a Morris Williams who, um, he's visited plenty of times before, um, those visits have gone well from everything I've heard from him and, um, others, but, um, I think Tennessee and UNC are going to be very, very stiff competition there from what I've heard. Um, So I could see NC state really kind of flipping around their defensive line board going forward. Um, Kendall Howard's another guy. He's from Virginia. Um, The guy that NC state offered had on campus and offered pretty recently, but um, I don't know if I can see him joining the class super soon. And um, I'm, I know Virginia tech's also a strong contender there. So it's going to be a, a position group to watch Um offensive lines and other group that i um, to keep an eye on just because there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, kind of almost the inverse of how we were, what we were looking at this time last year, if you think about it.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, quite frankly, last year, I think the defensive line board didn't break down quite as they had hoped. They did get IJS Shirley, but uh, they ended up having to go junior college and, transfer portal to to fill out the depth so that, that just illustrates there's a lot of fluidity when it comes to recruiting it changes a lot um, mm-hmm. it, you know we're talking about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen 17 18 year old young men who what they think one day going to change the next and it's not a lot of big picture plan and it's really a lot about feel and how you feel changes a lot when it comes to recruiting and that's why you're dealing with a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns. Because what felt what felt good in April may not feel as good in June. And sometimes you have a situation who's who, the young man, uh, Sam Pendleton, last year. He went to NC State a lot, even as a kid growing up. Because that was his school and he had family members who liked NC State, went to football games at NC State. And then Notre Dame offers and he takes a visit to South Bend and he had already kind of made up his mind. He was going to make a decision in April and South Bend was fresh. It was new. It was exciting. He felt felt good there. And he ends up picking Notre Dame. He enrolled early at Notre Dame. So that's kind of what you deal with when you got with uh, recruiting and young men. And that's natural. That's the way it's supposed to be. So, um, all right, let's hear it over and under as we wrap up this podcast I want to know before camp season when's the first football camp do you remember
3: I think it's it's the it's that first week of june it's somewhere in there I can't june remember 9th. the exact date though yeah just something around. like that
2: all right before the first camp and before those official visits starts flying in June and entry state already has at least four lined up and we think there's a fifth. Lined up as well, though just haven't confirmed with the young man himself that he's actually coming. Um, but his teammate has said he will be officially visiting in June. Um, before all that starts happening, what would you put your over and under? You put the line, you're the, you're the bookmaker here on how many commitments NC State will have by the time that happens. Or how many more commitments NC State will gain? by the time that happens?
3: I think I'd put it right at two. And then if I was a betting man, I'd probably take the push on that. Um, I know there's a couple guys that are looking at um, potential um, late April, early May decisions. Um, I know one guy to keep an eye on. I don't know how his, I know he's taking a couple visits um, out west in the later in this month, but um, Jaden Scott, the running back, he has previously said he would like to make a decision in May. We'll see how that works out with him. And um, I'm thinking just the way things are trending, I think NC State could continue to make up some good ground on this spring um, spring game weekend. I think maybe we could see some more good news come. That's not sourced at all. I haven't heard any, any commits looming coming, out of, coming into the weekend. But just the way things have been trending, NC State's been doing a pretty good job about um, – you know, pulling off a, a commitment per visit weekend so far this spring. And this spring game weekend is the biggest of them yet. So I'll put it right at two. Um, I think most kids at this point, it's either you decide in early, mid-April, or you are probably waiting to take a couple official visits. So it'll be a little quieter than it was the past couple weeks. But um I think a couple more guys could end up joining the class. Guys worth getting excited about, too.
2: So you put the open. More people put an open on at .5. So, would you put it at 1.5 or 2.5? I'll
3: put at 1.5 then.
2: 1.5. All right. Good to know. Also, uh, basketball recruiting, I'm going to put that same number for this weekend. It's a bold prediction. So, it's a big weekend for the transfer portal because you start shifting your attention from uh, who's going into the portal. Now, the attention shifts to where guys visiting. Mm -hmm. where an entry state has two on campus as we speak, or it's supposed to be on campus as we speak. Um, And they may have some more coming in after the dead period ends this week. So the next couple of weeks in basketball recruiting for the transfer portal will tell us a lot about how the roster uh, will look for next season. There's still guys entering the portal as we speak. I was kind of surprised. Um, I was all about to hop on the Creighton bandwagon for next season. But then, uh Nemhard, yeah, jumped into the portal. it go to say, I think he was a freshman, wasn't he? I can't remember, but i, I felt like he was like a freshman, and he, was in like starting and playing thirty five minutes a game on a top ten team. it goes to say, it's wild, you never can you can't bank on anybody coming back until that portal actually closes, closes on you, so. Been crazy, and it would not surprise me if NC State ends up with four or five basketball transfer portal editions before it's all over with. So, and
3: and if you're enjoying the basketball transfer portal talk, get ready because in nine days we have um football transfer portal part two coming. So, um, we'll we'll see it, we'll see how that happens on the portal opens April 15th. So, that'll be exciting to watch too. I wouldn't surprise. Me. We know
2: entry state has offered a receiver mm-hmm. uh, from Division two. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if entry obviously look tried to find one or two guys. It's my theory: I always felt like I feel like this window is going to be. Uh, I don't know what the right way to describe it. Like I don't want to put down anybody, but maybe not as plentiful or not as um, sopper friendly. I guess, because I feel like what you're going to get out of this point are the guys who realize, you know what, my playing time here is blocked, and so I got to go somewhere else to find more playing time versus guys in December who are looking to, for whatever reason, to move on. So that's yeah, my I think there
3: be a lot of that, or um, guys that maybe they spend a few months with a new coaching staff and they're like, man, it's just not a good fit, and then they hop right. in the portal, but. Yeah, I think that's probably the main people who identify that they're gonna be sitting on the bench more than they'd like in the fall.
2: Yeah. And that's where you kind of like that's where I mean if you're looking for impact guys, I just don't know if they're gonna be quite as many um, coming out of this transfer portal, but it will be you will be interesting to see. You know, for instance, who from NC State may be deciding to mm-hmm. hop into the portal. So lots to come. Ethan, I appreciate you. You can catch all of his work on thewolfpacker.com. Uh, reminders for you as we wrap this up, please rate and review this podcast wherever you may listen to your podcast. Give us a thumbs up, a like, a comment, wherever. You can follow us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. It's all the Wolfpacker. You can follow Ethan on Twitter, Ethan M mcdowell all one word no no underscore no hyphen no nothing just ethan m mcdowell follow him on twitter um if you can't remember that follow the wolfpacker and see his tweets they're all over the place and then follow him from there um remember a lot of information we've given you if you liked it sign up to the website you get four months for 10 bucks right now it's a great deal take advantage of it and then last but not least com. Please help them out. Support them. They're a great sponsors for the wolfpacker.com. Rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G as in girl. U-E-S-H-O-P I spelled it right this time. .com. Uh, all your natural cannabis needs. They're They're safe products. They might be able to help you out. So If you've been dealing with anxiety or chronic pain or sleep deprivation and you just want to try something and Chief, it might help you. Give him a shot. It, it's a husband and wife outfit. It has helped the husband out. He's a disabled veteran. Um, it, he knows it can work for him and he might be able to work for you. And they'll be willing to talk to you, help you out, point you in the right direction what products you might want or need uh, or should try. Um, they have a live chat feature on their website. They are also on a message board if you need to see them. So, I think that'll do it for this edition of the Wolf Packers show. I'm Matt Carter, Ethan. Thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you next time after the spring game. We'll be breaking it down. What we saw, probably a lot of wet, uh, rainy. I you know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens on Saturday, but we'll talk about it. Rain or shine. We're going to talk about it. So this has been the latest episode of the Wolf Packers show.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to, FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.